This podcast of the Model Health Show is presented to you by Sean Stevenson with Rare Gym Productions. For more information, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to the Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson here with my talented, beautiful, smiling co-host and producer of this here Model Health Show, Jade Harrell. What's up, Jade? What's up, Sean? How are you today? I am refreshergized. Oh, come on now. Man. You're going you're gonna to do that. Huh? I am refreshergized. Refreshergized. Yes. What is this? Refreshed and energized because mm. I took a break. <laughs> yes, yes. And was good to myself. Mm-hmm. That's I what rested. it's all about. Yes. Treat yourself. That's right. Treat I like yourself, that. Girl. I like that. <laughs> Coming back refreshed and renewed. Yes. It's always good to, to step away mm-hmm. from the work, yeah. you know, and let it work on you, if that makes sense. It does. So work on your that. work. Mm-hmm. And part of that is, you know, that's one of the things we talk about for a lot of people. They're always trying to find a way to, you know, really hammer their body to try to get the results they want. Right. Working out. Sometimes it's more important to work in, mm-hmm. you know, for many people because it's really all change is an inside job. If you yeah. think about it, <laughs> you know. So and speaking of inside mm-hmm. jobs, our guest today. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah? The story is just going to blow your minds. Okay. This is the kind of information that every single person on this planet needs to know about. We need to know that there are solutions yeah. when things go wrong. We need to know that there are people. There are actually people who are in power positions at high levels who have been through those struggle points, who have been through chronic illnesses, so-called incurable situations and, right. and being able to reverse those things and then teaching countless other people how to do that. That's and that's what we're diving into today. So we're gonna be talking to a superstar in the health space. But before we do that, I wanna give a quick shout out to something that I use every day. Every do you day? understand? Every day, every sitting by my bedside, day. sitting there on my nightstand, <laughs> Activations oh, Ease Magnesium. Yes. Now, check this out. The Journal of Research in Medical Science posted a study recently that supplementation with magnesium has been found to improve factors of sleep efficiency, sleep time, and sleep onset latency, early morning awakening. So this is preventing people from working, waking up too early. You know, some people have that interrupted oh, sleep. Man. And also ISI score, which is the Insomnia Severity Index score. And also, no, those were all kind of subjective things. Now, the objective things were the concentration of serum renin, and that's a it's a marker of efficiency in changing your sleep cycles. Okay. Right. Right. Also, uh, serum cortisol were improved, so that was reduced with magnesium supplementation and increased melatonin. Hey, yeah. All from taking magnesium. Please understand. Right. All of these things we're looking for for optimal sleep, which translates into an optimal life, Mm -hmm. which we've talked about many, many times in the show. Magnesium is a big component of that because it's responsible for over 325 biochemical processes that we're aware of. Right. All right. So that, again, that means there's 325 things your body can't do effectively Mm -hmm. or efficiently if you're deficient in this particular important mineral, which the vast majority, this is the biggest mineral deficiency in our world today, Mm -hmm. especially in the industrialized world. Because it also functions as sort of this anti-stress mineral, where it's buffering a lot of these uh, pro-inflammatory processes, these kind of stress responses, we're all subject to. Right. You know, we live in a very different world than our ancestors did. So this is something we need to be proactive at getting into our bodies. Food first. Okay. Make sure we're getting magnesium-rich foods in. But today we need a little bit more insurance. Mm-hmm. Taking an oral supplement of magnesium. You got to be careful with that because you're not going to be able to get your magnesium levels up to the place they need to be because of what's known as this bowel tolerance, yeah. a.k.a. you take a li- even a little bit too much <laughs> and you got le booby pants. <laughs> all right. You have the diarrhea. All right. Yeah. That's how you say it in le Spanish, diarrhea. I think. I don't know. <laughs> Shout out to everybody <laughs> um, listening in Mexico. All right. Mexico? That's how they say diarrhea, I think. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm totally making that up. I love how you do that. But that's crazy. That's what we need to be mindful of, right? Mm-hmm. So what is the solution? Topical magnesium applied transdermally on your skin. Yeah. Over 99.9% absorbable in this particular product I've been using for about four years. Mm-hmm. I travel, I always travel with it. And right. it's just one of my favorite things. So make sure to go to easemagnesium.com forward slash model and you're going to get a 15% off exclusive discount that you're not going to get anywhere else that I canoodle them into giving us. <laughs> I, I had to press, put the pressure down right, right, right. and they give it to us. So head over there, check them out. You're going to yeah. get an exclusive discount. This is something you should definitely have on Gotta hand. Gotta have it. All right, you're going to use a coupon code MODEL, which is all over there on that site. So easemagnesium.com forward slash model. 
15% off. Head over there and check them out. And now on that note, let's get to the iTunes review of the week. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Well, this one says, uh, fantabulous, five stars. I've been listening to your show for about four months, and I'm definitely hooked. I just turned 58, and I've always worked out and tried to eat organic whole foods and keep treats to a minimum. I married a wonderful man after my husband of 17 years committed suicide. Definitely a dark time for me and my daughter, who is now 15. I love my husband and my daughter, but they both love their junk food. I found myself getting pulled into my husband's habits a little bit, but listening to your show has helped me move to the next level and stay the course. I've tried a few of the recommended products, and I've read the bone broth diet, and I'm halfway through deep nutrition. I find this stuff fascinating, and I started out wanting to be a dietitian, but ended up being a procurement executive. I'm retired now, but very busy, never retire, and I'm struggling with pulling people I love into understanding what they are doing to their bodies, but my best friend told me she's tired of hearing it, so I guess I'll stop. Keep doing what you do. It makes a huge difference. Carrie. Wow, Carrie, that is such a powerful story on so many levels. All I can do is say thank you for sharing it, and thank you for sharing your voice over there, leaving us a review. I truly, truly do appreciate it. Sending you a big virtual hug. And everybody, thank you so much for leaving these reviews on iTunes. It means the world to us. It helps keep the show growing. And make sure if you're listening right now and you have not yet subscribed to the show, make sure to hit that subscribe button. That's right. All right. That's important so that you get updates about the show. And when we put out, even we've been sneaking a couple little bonus episodes (laughs) as well. So you stay up to date with everything. All right. I appreciate you guys so much. And on that note, let's get to our special guest and our topic of the day. So our guest today is the one and only Dr. Terry Walls. Terry Walls, MD, is a clinical professor of medicine at the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine in Iowa City. She's super close to us. Mm -hmm. And the director of Therapeutic Lifestyle Clinic at the Iowa City Veterans Affair Healthcare System. In addition, she's a clinical researcher studying the use of diet and lifestyle interventions in autoimmune and other chronic disease states. Her current clinical trial features the Walls Paleo Diet received the support of the National Multiple Sclerosis Society. She's a leader in the food as medicine movement, and she has made it her mission to spread the word about the Walls Protocol and her own inspirational story of recovery uh, through her TEDx talk, which has over like 2.5 million views, something crazy. Because again, people want to know this story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And her website, terrywalls.com, so you can check her out there. And I'd like to welcome to the Model Health Show, Dr. Terry Walls. How you doing today, Terry? Hey, thank you so much for having me today. Oh, it is such our pleasure. I'm very, very excited to have you on. And something that we've talked before, but something that I don't know, and I like to know this kind of superhero origin story of yours, what got you interested in health and and medicine in the very beginning? Well, you know, when I was a kid, actually, I I was into the fine arts and I went off uh, and have my Bachelor of Fine Arts in uh, painting. Uh, And as I was contemplating getting a Master of Fine Arts, I ended up deciding uh, that I would uh, explore uh, my love of science, and that would lead to uh, medical school uh, in being a physician. And and I, I must say, my fine arts background meant I really had a very different um, uh, attitude, a different point of view mm-hmm. going through medical school and dealing with my patients. That is so interesting. And you're right, you know, that you're talking about a whole different part of the brain yeah. being active yes. and, and maybe, you know, kind of this whole brain learning, whole brain patterning. That's fascinating. I had no idea you was into the paint game. I love that. So uh, when you were going through this process, you know, you graduated, you had a thriving practice, but then you hit a pretty significant bump in the road. So can you tell a little bit about what happened with your story with your own health? Well, you know, I'll I'll say that I uh, was like many conventional physicians. I was very skeptical of people who were taking vitamins and supplements and alternative medicine. I thought people were just wasting their money. Uh, and then, of course, you know, God has a uh, works in mysterious ways. Uh, in 2000, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, and, and I uh, believed in the best drugs, newest technology. So I decided to find the very best people that I could find that did clinical research, which was at the Cleveland Clinic, saw their best people, took the newest drugs. And still, within three years, my disease had transitioned to the progressive phase of the illness. So there's no more spontaneous recovery at that point. Uh, I took the chemotherapy in the form of mitoxantrone. I continued to decline. Uh, when it became available, I took Tizabri, uh, that first new, very potent biologic. 
and continued to decline. Uh, then I switched uh, to another drug uh, called Salsept. And by that time, I'm in a tilt recline wheelchair. Uh, I'm uh, having difficulty with fatigue. Uh, I'm uh, walking short distances with two walking sticks. And it's apparent to me that the best uh, conventional medicine is not going to stop my decline into a bedridden, possibly demented life. I have, uh, I've had pain as a big part of the MS symptoms uh, uh, since the beginning. And so I also saw that my pain was getting more and more difficult to control. And that is when I decided it was time to start uh, reading the basic science myself. Mm. You know, and at first I was looking for the uh, latest on the drug studies. And uh, fortunately, I eventually realized that I should be looking for things that I could access. And that was really uh, the vitamins and supplements. And so that's um, how I started. Uh, now, eventually I would discover the ancestral health movement. I would discover uh, the Institute for Functional Medicine. And I would combine all of that mm. uh, in the uh, summer and fall of 2007 to create uh, the, what I now call the WALS protocol, which really led to a radical improvement in my health and function. Radical enough that uh, within 12 months, I went from being unable to sit up, struggling to walk 10 feet, having severe fatigue, uh, very poorly controlled pain, uh, uh, struggling with brain fog. One year later, I can walk around the hospital uh, without a cane. I can do an 18-mile bike ride with my family. My fatigue is gone and my pain is gone. So uh, it, it radical, radical change uh, in health. Uh, and I'm not on any disease-modifying drugs at that point. This is all diet and lifestyle-driven. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That's pretty remarkable, you know, to – you had a pretty severe case where this really took away a lot of your function, right? Oh, yeah. You know, um, steady decline, uh, rapid decline uh, over the seven years, uh, severe fatigue, uh, worsening pain that was hard to control. Uh, I was beginning to have cognitive changes. My chief of staff that summer had said he's going to uh, sign me to the, tra the traumatic brain injury clinic come January, and I'd be seeing patients without residence. Now, I knew and my family knew that that was really the VA's way of saying, we're done redesigning your job for you. Uh, that it would be time for me to take medical disability because uh, no one thought I could do that job. But of course, as it turns out, you know, as I said, God works in mysterious ways because by the time January rolled around, in fact, I my energy was improving, my mental clarity was improving, and I discovered that in fact I could see those patients. Wow. Uh, and I brought uh, to that clinic then uh, my point of view that wait a minute, there's so much we can do to restore and rehabilitate uh, brain injury using diet and lifestyle. You know, this is really fascinating because these are this particular story to see, I mean, this is something you see on a movie, yeah. <laughs> right? Like a Steve Martin movie where he's like a healer, yeah. he comes over and the person gets out of the wheelchair. You literally wore that person, you know, where you were bound to a wheelchair. When I talk about uh, the day I did that bike ride, uh, you know, up until that point, as part of the uh, coping with having a progressive illness, uh, many of us learn to just take each day, one day at a time, no expectations. And so I, even though I'd had remarkable improvement, I was still just taking one day at a time, no expectations. I didn't really know what this meant. But when I got on my bike and, you know, my, my uh, daughter's on uh, one side jogging next to me, my son's on the other side, my spouse's on the bike behind me. I pedal around the block, I'm crying, my children are crying, my mm. spouse is crying, and Beautiful. this is when hope comes back into my life because I understand that the explanations for progressive MS are wrong, that my physician really doesn't know uh, what to expect, I don't know what to expect, and who knows how much recovery of function might in fact be possible. Right. Uh, and so I, I uh, call that is the day that hope reemerged in my life. Mm. I, I want everybody to really hear that because sometimes, especially when we're in it, it can be very difficult to have the the, the prospects of something called hope, right? But it's, oh, yeah. she just said it so perfectly to keep moving forward, taking one day, at, one day at a time. But I implore you to keep in the back of your mind that as long as your heart is still beating, progress can be made, yeah. you know? And so she was very adamant about finding out those answers. You know, it was kind of got to the point where enough is enough. And how many of us wait until we get so far gone that we try to make a change? And so this is a great story here of what's possible. 
you know, no matter where you are right now or one of your loved ones, there is, uh, there is hope. There, there are solutions, but we have to be uh, adamant about employing what those things are. Sure. And the hope can then amplify those things. It right. adds to the opportunity of it. So I love what you said about as long as your heart is beating, then there is that possibility. There's hope there. <laughs> All right. So check this out. Now, we've covered some of the background, but I really want to dive in and break down uh, what MS is because this is something that's becoming a lot more prevalent today. And, and according to Reuters, uh, multiple, multiple sclerosis has increased globally by 10% in just the last five years alone. So most physicians are baffled by it. Can you share what the underlying cause behind the illness is? So the conventional uh, physician will tell you that the immune system is attacking the fatty insulation on the wiring between uh, brain cells and between cells in the spinal cord. Uh, that's called myelin. Uh, and then, like, you can ask, so why does the immune cell uh, get confused to attack uh, its normal structures? We think it's that somehow there's an earlier infection that I had some amino acid sequences that looked a little bit like the amino acid sequences in myelin. And that infection triggered this confusion in our immune cells. Uh, and the conventional doc will say, I, I don't know how to turn this off, so I have to turn off all of your immune cell function to some degree to, to decrease the number of acute episodes of worsening and hopefully maintain your function. So they'll give people increasingly potent uh, drugs to, to turn off the immune cells as their treatment. Now, the problem that I have with that is uh, I need my immune cells to right. maintain and repair my brain and my body and all of my structures. So whenever I take drugs that block that, I cannot maintain and repair my brain and my body. So I'm at higher risk for infection, for cancers, and more rapid aging because I'm not able to maintain and repair my body. You know what? This is, I'm just writing down, mm -hmm. very poor solution to this issue, <laughs> right? And it's kind of obvious. Well, it doesn't it's, get to the root cause right, of, yeah. of why people became ill, nor does it get to um, what are all the environmental factors. Because the epidemiology uh, is very, very clear that the genetic component is actually very, very small. That each gene that might increase my risk uh, if for the vast majority of folks with that gene, they don't get auto, uh, an autoimmune problem. They don't get MS. It's a complicated interaction between the genes I have and my lifetime of diet and lifestyle choices and environmental exposures. Yes. There is so much that we can do to address those diet, lifestyle, and environmental exposures, which probably drive 97% of the risk of why you developed MS and how severe or not severe your disease is. I'm thinking of, man, it took a long time to accumulate the conditions that are favorable or open up the door for this to happen. And so to know that within 12 months and that there's something we can do about it is something that's really exciting. But then I wonder, how did we address the lifetime of habits that kind of created the condition? Well, you know, when I would see people in my lifestyle clinic uh, at the VA, and I must tell your listeners that I retired from the VA, so now I'm uh, just over at the U. But when I was seeing patients in my lifestyle clinic, uh, I would tell my story, review functional medicine, review the protocol, and then invite people like, okay, you can decide that you're ready to be 100% all in and work with us in our group classes. Or I could say, I just sort of want to ease into this and work individually with my nutrition uh, person. Or I could say, you know what, uh, this is too hard. If this is not the right time in my life. And just go back to your primary care doc. Uh, and then uh, people came to our group classes. We would do cooking classes. Um, we would uh, I'd do a very careful intake showing them how their lifetime of exposures contributed to their health problems. So they would get aha moments and then be willing to do the work involved. We'd help them identify the diet that would be most successful for them. And then we'd do these cooking classes and show them that, you know, bacon and greens could be their favorite vegetable, uh, that green smoothies can be incredibly delicious, uh, and that sautéed vegetables with olive oil uh, after you've uh, done your cooking can be incredibly wonderful. Uh, so it's just very important to help people 
practice the skills that they're going to need to address uh, their food, their stress reduction, their detoxification processes, and of course, moving more. Yes, yes. And so I want to dive in and come back and talk about all of those things. But I want to really kind of pin down and hammer in on this point about um, the, the, the condition itself. You know, yeah. you mentioned that there's epigenetic influences here uh, because this is one of the things people buy into is that this is genetic control. I've got some genes doing some things to me. And yeah. so can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. So, you know, when I went to medical school, I went to medical school in the 70s, we were so excited about the Human Genome Project because we'd get the sequence of our DNA and then we'd understand uh, how to deal with chronic disease. But when we got our DNA, we discovered that it really didn't explain who was ill and who was healthy very well. Mm. Uh, the person who helped us tease that out was Randy Hurdle. Uh, we had uh, some mice, a goody mice, that would develop yellow fur, severe obesity, severe insulin resistance, and diabetes. And they're all genetically identical. It was a great animal model for diabetes and obesity research. But he figured out that if he fed pregnant little mice mamas extra B vitamins and extra methyl groups, Instead of having the yellow furred, fat little mouse babies, they had normal furred, healthy, robust babies. Hmm. And so, like, huh? So, changing the mouse chow changed whether or not you had a disease prone, sickly little mouse or a disease resistant, healthy mouse. Uh, he's replicated that uh, research in many cases now. And we've come to realize that my DNA is speaking continuously to the environment. And the environment is turning genes on and turning genes off. And so my environment, which is food I eat, uh, the activities I do, the toxins to which I'm exposed, my self-talk, my social network, my physical activity level, how much I'm sleeping, my stress levels, all those things are talking to my genes all the time, shifting genes on and off. And so I can change my diet and lifestyle choices and shift what should have been a disease-resistant healthy body into an inflamed, sickly, disease-prone body by eating a lot of sugar, junk food, uh, not being active, uh, and being in uh, chronic conflict. Wow. We got to come back and talk about that as well. You know, we've talked to, of course, many experts over the years, and it's kind of a uh, becoming more and more well-known, we're talking about like upwards of 90% of your gene expression is really dependent on your lifestyle, you know, the environment around you and the environment you create within your body. And one of the things that I want to ask you a little bit more about, because there are people listening with family members who are, are dealing with MS or they have yeah. MS themselves and talking about the myelin. And we've, we've mentioned this a few times on the show, but basically, so this is this insulation over these nerve yes. pathways. And the more that we are repeating a behavior, the more myelin is getting laid down. So this starts to basically break down your kind of repeated behaviors, like being able to move your body, right? And also like Correct. we were talking about Correct. earlier, some of the things that can happen with brain function. So um, can you share some more insights about MS for, well, for the listeners? So I, I've told you what the conventional approach to uh, MS is, which is, you know, immune suppression. Uh, right. Can I tell you about uh, my point of view on MS? Would love which to hear is, that. Should I go there? Yes. Let's, let's go there. <laughs> so I want to address all those environmental factors that are talking to that ge genetic vulnerability. Uh, so uh, we'll talk first about what can we do to make it easier for the brain to repair that myelin. So I need to turn the genes on that are involved in uh, uh, stem cells uh, in the brain. Uh, how do I do that? Physical activity. So uh, part of the WALLS protocol is how to resume physical activity in a safe, gentle way that is not too much so you're overly exhausted, but is enough to stimulate the nerve growth factors that have to get turned on in your brain to give your brain the signals to repair the myelin. So physical activity is very, very helpful. Um, and then if you're going to repair the myelin, you can't repair the myelin if you don't have the building blocks that go into the myelin. Mm. So you're going to need uh, fats, omega-3 fats, omega-6 fats. You'll need cholesterol, saturated fat. All of those fats, all four of those, omega-3, omega-6, saturated fat, and cholesterol 
go into that myelin sheath. Mm. You have to have all of them on board. And then we need sort of the cofactors that we need to do the chemical reactions. That's going to be like your B vitamins uh, and your minerals. I was glad to hear you talking about zinc. Pardon me, about magnesium. I'm going to put a pitch out there for zinc as well. Uh, put a pitch out there for organ meats. Uh, it's it tremendously good for you there. Uh, and then uh, the greens, the sulfur-rich, that's the cabbage, onion, mushroom family, and the deep colors. That whole combination there will do a nice job of making sure that you have the building blocks on hand to do the repair work for that myelin. Oh, my goodness. We've got some really important bullet points there that she just dropped. Uh, one that I want to go back to because for some people it's still a dirty word, and that's cholesterol. You know, we've done entire episodes really kind of diving in and breaking that down, but some people might not have heard those particular episodes. So let's talk about that. You said cholesterol is an important nutrient yeah. for building our it's, myelin. It's, it's vital on so many levels. So cholesterol uh, is uh, cholesterol and saturated fat make up 70% of our cell membranes, 70% of the myelin. The omega-6 uh, fat makes up uh, about 10% of the myelin. And the omega-3 fat makes up about 1% of the myelin or uh, uh, cell membrane. Uh, and when people are taking drugs to severely lower their cholesterol, uh, then uh, that can lower the quality of the cell membrane, lower the quality of the myelin, make it hard, much harder to repair the myelin. And you know, when, when people think about the literature that said cholesterol is what causes heart disease and heart attacks, uh, that was based on our epidemiology, uh, World War One, World War Two, where during the wars, the rate of heart attack and stroke declined sharply. And they thought it was because the intake of butter uh, and eggs declined sharply. At the same time, the intake of sugar had declined sharply. So it's probably a sugar effect. Uh, there, there's more uh, research now that has clearly shown that the blood value of cholesterol doesn't really predict very well who's going to have atherosclerosis or clogging of the arteries, who's going to have heart attacks, who's going to have strokes. We keep analyzing cholesterol in, in more and different ways to try and zero in on what is it. And it appears that it's the damaged cholesterol molecule that is inflammatory. Yes. That molecule got damaged by an infection particle, a virus particle, a bacterial particle from chlamydia, a uh, heavy metal ion such as lead, arsenic, or mercury. And when these Cholesterol molecules are damaged, they become small, dense, and very irritating. And the other uh, thing that damages cholesterol is the sugar molecules right. Uh, right. that will also damage it. So, you know, in my book, I talk about we need to protect our cholesterol molecules by getting rid of the sugar, uh, eating vegetables, flossing our teeth. And I'll say that again. Flossing your teeth, <laughs> floss your teeth. It's really, really helpful go, uh, to prevent heart disease and stroke. <laughs> And a lot of bad things for you. Get rid of the sugar. I also advocate getting rid of the gluten, of course. Yeah. Uh, and that will go a long way to protecting those cholesterol molecules. Wow. So powerful. She even dropped the flossing thing in here. Right. And we've talked about that too, you know, just increase, it can be a potential place of this systemic inflammation, you know, and the markers that are going up in your body that can contribute to problems, you know, but we don't think about that. And sometimes I like to say that uh, not flossing is like, not wiping. Not wiping. <laughs> All right. So just keep that in mind. You know, we want to make sure we're flossing regularly. So uh, everybody check this out. We're going to uh, talk about a little bit of a, a pattern that I found. And I want to ask Dr. Walls about and uh, it's a particular nutrient that's getting a lot of press today. But I found this to be very interesting. Plus, we're going to talk about how does stress play into this whole equation right after this quick break. Sit tight. We'll be right back. Massive research is now pouring in with this blossoming field of science and nutrition called nutrigenomics. And this field is studying how every single molecule of food that you eat impacts your genetic expression. So we're literally talking about how your body appears, your health or lack thereof. All of this is going to be determined by every single molecule of food that you eat. So whether it's a banana or a donut or a hot pocket, Whatever it might be, we have to be in tune with the fact that this is going to impact what genes are getting expressed. And there are genes like the FTO gene, for example, that has been found to be this, quote, fat gene and have a high propensity towards obesity. If you carry this gene, 
Now, you can silence these genes by making sure that you're eating real foods that are in alignment with your own genetic integrity. The basis of that needs to be from earth-grown nutrients, things that your body actually recognizes as real food that you have a history with, that your ancestors have a history with, not things that have been invented in the laboratory like last week. All right, so we wanna make sure that we're eating real food that are from earth-grown nutrients. And this is why I love on it so much. This is why they are family. This is why I endorse them so powerfully because they are part of my life. They're a part of my family's life. And I wanna make sure that you head over to onit.com forward slash model. That's O-N-N-I-T.com forward slash model. And you're gonna get 10% off all of their health and human performance supplements. I'm a huge fan of the Hemp Force Protein. I've been using it for many years. One of my favorite things in the world. I give this to my kids as well, and this is one of the things that I love to have post-workout. Now, hemp is based on some powerful amino acids, some powerful protein building blocks like albumin, which is a very soft globular protein that's very easy to digest, plus edestin. And this is a unique protein compound that's found in hemp that might be the most bioavailable, usable protein for the human body. Crazy, right? So a lot of people today are hearing about the benefits of hemp, hemp seeds and hemp protein and, and hemp oil, things like that. We wanna make sure again that you're getting organic and that it's made with integrity, right? So that this cold process, so that you're actually able to get the nutrients that you're looking for in this kind of protein powder, protein cake that you're getting with Hemp Force Protein from Onnit. So they've got multiple flavors. They've got the Choco Maca, they've got the Vanilla Acai, and they also have a brand new recovery protein that adds in the powerful component of colostrum, which has every single amino acid, every polysaccharide, AKA essential sugar, and every essential fatty acid right there in it. These powerful building blocks, growth factors, every growth factor that influences your body's metabolism is there in that recovery protein. So make sure that you're checking that out as well. Super powerful stuff. Also has immune factors to help fortify your immune system. Just great stuff. And they've got exercise equipment, tons of great foods. Head over, check them out today. Onnit.com forward slash model. O-N-N-I-T.com forward slash M-O-D-E-L for 10% off. Now back to the show. All right, we are back and we're talking to the one and only Dr. Terry Walls. And she shared her amazing story and some incredible insights. But I want to ask you about this pattern that I found. And there was uh, some really fascinating statistics that significantly more MS cases occur as we move up to the northern parts of the globe, right? So we're getting less and less sun exposure. So I'm curious what role sunlight, specifically vitamin D, might play into this whole equation? Well, uh, I'm going to talk about them separately. So uh, vitamin D, uh, and, and this ties in beautifully to the cholesterol. Uh, cholesterol is, is modified to make vitamin D. Cholesterol is also modified to make uh, estrogen, testosterone, and a lot of our stress hormones. So it, it's a precursor for our hormones, uh, cholesterol, in addition to being important for our cell membranes. So we really do need cholesterol, folks. Yeah. Now, vitamin D speaks to uh, about a thousand genes, turning genes on and off. And if your vitamin D level is too low, you're at risk for you know all sorts of bad things: autoimmunity, cancers, mental health problems, preterm labor, infertility, learning problems uh, with your children, behavior problems with your children. Very important. Vitamin D works in our immune cells. It works in our brain. It works in our bones. We know when we supplement with vitamin D, it's important that you also have vitamin A uh, and vitamin K, which is one of the reasons I'm so keen on having liver, great source of vitamin A. We'll also have some vitamin K in it. And I'm uh, very keen on greens for that vitamin K mm. because you want to have vitamin D, vitamin A, vitamin K because you need all of that to get the calcium into the bones and the teeth. And there's more and more evidence that uh, the vitamin K is very, very important in making myelin in the brain and vitamin D, very important in the brain. Vitamin A, important to bone health, important to skin health, uh, important to uh, immune cell health. Let me touch on skin. Sure, we know sure. that the skin, the ultraviolet light, so that's sunlight uh, hitting our skin has important impact on our immune cells independent of what it's doing with vitamin D. Yes. So while I can have people take vitamin D supplements, uh, which I do, and we talk about making sure they have plenty of vitamin A and K 
uh, and E. I also talk about we actually do need sunlight, folks. That sunlight is an important nutrient that uh, our species, you know, for millions of years, we're out in the sun 24 7, 365 days out of the year. Now, as we went north into areas that had winter, we had to uh, dress more, but we still had our faces exposed and got sunlight all of the time. Uh, and this is a very artificial to be indoors uh, all day working and doing a recreation indoors. And then physicians, and I was guilty of this too, physicians are saying uh, sunlight increases your risk of skin cancer, so please put on sunblock, uh, which prevents your ability to get that vitamin D made and prevents the changes of that support immune cell function when you get the sunlight. So I want people to have sunlight. I don't want them to get sunburns. Right but I do want them to get uh, sunlight exposure every day. The light, for no other reason, to sleep at night. You gotta get outside, take your dog for a walk, take your companion for a walk, take yourself for a walk, at least 10 minutes, preferably half an hour, to get the light into your eyes so that your brain knows what time of day it is and your brain will make melatonin at the right time in the evening. I, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I love you. You're bringing together so many of the important points that we've talked about over the years. I actually did an entire article dedicated to people with the whole, you know, sunlight, sunglasses are cool, mm-hmm. right? You look, mm-hmm. you look cool. All right. But, and some people weren't rocking them at night too, you know, shout out to Pitbull, <laughs> right. Mr. Worldwide. But here's the thing is that we need to get sunlight through our optical receptors because that's really helping to set that circadian timing you know and so and it's also it's just nutritious and i love the fact this is what she said this is such this is powerful right here this is that power nugget for the episode sunlight is an important nutrient sunlight is an important nutrient so i would phrase it like this your body eats sunlight right your cells eat and consume sunlight your skin absorbs it it's a nutrient anything that we're taking in from the outside world so your, your body literally eats light and it needs it, not just for the vitamin D production. I'm so glad you brought that up, but also for your immune function. And we're talking about MS. We're talking about what's going on with your immune system. It's a big, big component of that. And so she just put it here in black and white. So it's not to run out and sit in the sun all day with, you know, pasty white skin. Shout out to Conan O'Brien <laughs> and, you know, just get sunburned. But we need to make sure we're getting some adequate sun exposure directly on our skin and many and of course you know this is something that's becoming a little bit more well known but some of these kind of synthetic sunscreens that people are using putting on their kids are contributing to skin cancer yeah it's definitely a problem i want people to get sunlight i want them to get sunlight for their eyes it's going to help with their sleep it'll help with their mood and i also want to alert your audience sean that all these interventions that that we're doing helped a wide variety of autoimmune problems, a wide variety of uh, metabolic problems, diabetes, heart failure, obesity, and they also helped with neurodegenerative problems, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, even moderate Alzheimer's. We've had people have a remarkable success. Wow. Well, I want to... Yes. I mean, this is so important because we're talking about any anything that's related to autoimmunity. She's been so successful at helping to uh, reverse, but... Uh, Another thing I want to point out really quickly before we move on is with the sun exposure, again, um, just be smart about it. Make sure you be smart about it. Of course, you can keep your skin covered a little bit, maybe wear a hat, but it's not a good idea to constantly paste yourself up with, um, you know, sunscreen where you're not absorbing and getting these vital nutrients. All right. And then there's some more, a little bit more natural things like coconut oil has a little bit like SPF of like four or something, (laughs) you know, but so just keep that in mind. Now let's go ahead and move on. I want to talk about the microbiome. How does the microbiome specifically play into this whole equation with MS? Who knew our poop could be so vital? (laughs) Right. Put that on a t-shirt. So I I know poop well from a wide variety of species. It's uh, pretty entertaining stuff. (laughs) Um, And the, the literature and the interest in what's going on in our poop just keeps growing. We have more and more uh, papers coming out that the microbiome, that is the bacteria living in our bowels, is different if you have an autoimmune problem versus being healthy. Uh, in that we can even tell whose autoimmune disease is active and whose autoimmune disease is quiet based on what's growing in their poop. Uh, in fact, I, you know, I'm quite convinced that a large part of, when I look at what are the mechanisms by which Uh, the WALS protocol is restoring health. Certainly one of those mechanisms is that we 
feed and nourish the health-promoting bacteria living in the person's bowels, and we starve out, because we get rid of the sugar in the processed foods, we're starving out the disease-promoting uh, bacteria. We need to think back, if we look back at the evolution of life, when uh, you know a billion years ago, the mitochondria evolved and were engulfed by larger bacteria, we became multicellular, and then eventually uh, developed a gut. At that moment in time, those ancient bacteria that were in those ancient seas came into the gut and have been living and evolving in the guts of all species since then. And we rely on those bacteria and viruses to eat the, help us eat the food that we're eating, eat each other's byproducts, make small molecules that diffuse into our bloodstream that will then go to our liver. And our liver sort of filters out the stuff that's harmful and keeps the stuff that is helpful because we depend on a lot of those small molecules to make sure the chemistry of life is running properly. And many of these small molecules will go up into our brains, cross the blood-brain barrier, and influence mood, cognition, behaviors. Mm. We are just like stunned. And you know, some of our scientists are saying like, oh my God, the bacteria are manipulating our behaviors, our moods, yeah. our actions. And are we just sort of like a glorified bacterial transport unit? Now, which is sort of a, you know, a, a funny, entertaining vision uh, for a sci-fi novel, uh, right. yes. But we certainly have a collaborative relationship with the bacteria that have evolved over these thousands and millions of generations over time that helped create a healthy, robust, disease-resistant body. Wow. Until we started eating a lot of sugar and white flour and quit eating all of our vegetables. And our good friends that we had depended on for all those thousands of generations are dying off yeah. and are being replaced with bacteria and new species that are not health-promoting, that are increased in uh, people who have autoimmune problems and mental health problems and dementia and neurodegenerative problems like Parkinson's. Yeah. You know, what this brought up for me, you know, so many of us, we, this whole system, it's just amazingly complex and beautiful, but yet there's this simplicity to it. There's this underlying order that governs the whole thing, and it's really a beautiful thing. You kind of stepped us through the evolutionary process of where we are, but it's still important to understand, like, we kind of are glorified, you know, like, but then it made me think about the movie Men in Black, and it's just like this little bitty, teeny little alien is like driving a human body around or whatever. Um, but it's, it's not like that, but you've got 10 times more bacteria cells and you have human cells, at least, at yeah, least. at least. And there's this really important symbiotic relationship, and you just said important word, species. Right. There are all these species that we've evolved with. And we know today we have many that are endangered species of these bacteria that should be there. And also also some are extinct, yeah. you know, so her book right here. And this yeah. is the actual Walls Protocol cookbook. All right. Finally, the follow up to the yes. best selling book itself, the Walls Protocol, yeah. has some of those uh, specific meals, nutrients, foods that help mm -hmm. support that microbiome. And it's all kind of layered in with this tasty goodness. Yeah, you know, when I um, was teaching our folks in our lifestyle clinic, um, I, I, one of the things I learned is so many folks uh, aren't cooking at home, they've forgotten how, don't know how, or they're pressed for money, or they're pressed for time, mm -hmm. or they may be pressed for both. And so we worked with um, our patients so I could help them figure out how to do this uh, with their, given their time constraints, given their money constraints. Uh, and we're very successful um, with helping people who are on disability, on fixed incomes, learning how to implement the protocol uh, while still living on a very limited income. And once I learned that, I realized, okay, that is the next step. I need to take this message out to the public that, yes, here is a blueprint you can use begin to learn how to cook at home because if you're going to reclaim your health, you got to cook at home. And here's how way you can do it uh, if you're still living on a disability income. Mm. Yeah, I noticed that too, that uh, many of the ingredients are very simple, easy to find. You don't got to order a lot of stuff. I felt that that was really refreshing. In, yeah. In a book. I, you know, I, I wrote this with my chronically ill veterans in mind, mm. uh, what we did with them so they could succeed. I wanted people to be successful. Yeah. 
You know, something that we touched on earlier that I think is really important for us to discuss is the stress component, right? <sighs> the vast majority of physician visits today are for stress-related illnesses. Yeah. So how does that play a part in this whole equation? You know, um, when I did uh, the lifestyle clinic one uh, during the intake, we'd do a timeline of the person's uh, health events. We'd do this as a group and we'd teach them to lay out all of their symptoms from birth till now. And then we had them lay out their major stress uh, events in the timeline. And nearly always we saw that it was a major stressful event that was the trigger that tipped them over into symptomatic disease. And I'd say 90% of the time that was the case. The other 10%, it was a toxic exposure that tipped them over. Occasionally, it was an infection. But the vast majority, it's stress. And it comes down to unresolved conflict at work, unresolved conflict at home, or money. Mm-hmm. Those are the three big issues. Can't do much about money other than help people live within their means. But the unresolved conflict, we spent a fair amount of time talking about the price for unresolved conflict is wrecking your health. Yeah. And when you finally understand that, then more people are willing to take a deep breath and begin to address that unresolved conflict. And part of that is you're going to have to forgive yourself, forgive the other person, and actually speak the truth about whatever that unresolved hurt is. And uh, it's a tough thing. We spent some time role-playing those difficult conversations. Yeah. You know, the quote comes to mind from Nelson Mandela that resentment is like drinking poison, expecting for your enemy to die. You know? And so Ooh, that's a very that's a very, very good quote. And many people carry around, you know, we unknowingly sometimes because we don't want to look at it. This resentment, this um, underlying anger towards other people and that anger is hurting us. It's not hurting the other person. And so, so often we're waiting around for that person to get their act together yeah. so that you guys can be cool and resolve the issue. But mm-hmm. chances are, you know, a lot of times that's not going to happen. And sometimes we're carrying resentment for people that aren't even around anymore. They might not even be alive. Right. So how are you going to have that conversation without, uh, you know, getting out the Ouija board or whatever, but not trying to get into that, all right? I saw that scary movie. I, li- I didn't see that movie, though, but I saw the preview. Yeah. Um, so no thank you. But it, we really, it's still within our power, you know, it's in, within our power to change that mental construct right. to, first of all, she just said, it, like I said, I love you, <laughs> but to forgive yourself, yeah. you know, forgive yourself for carrying this and not realizing that I have the ability to change and to let this go and to adjust my attitude so that I can be free and to be happy and to serve my purpose here. You know, instead of wasting so much energy on the back burner in the back of my psyche with this just anger and resentment towards, you know, whoever or whatever else, you know. And plus, of course, we do have the option of there is some conflict resolution available, you know. So maybe working with an expert on that, maybe, you know, just even having a heart-to-heart conversation with somebody that you care about, you know, there's a lot of different things here, but the bottom line is this has to happen within you, within yourself and within, within your own psyche. That's where the meaning comes from. The meaning is what goes. So there's the event mm-hmm. that happens, but we're the ones that put the meaning to it. Right. That associate whether or not, did he look at me like that? <laughs> oh, or you did that today. Did he look at he me was like, like that? Oh, what's Sean thinking? Does right. he want to tackle me or right. hug me? Right. And I, was, I wasn't so sure. So we <laughs> do have that. There's room in there yeah. for us. Yeah. Wonderfully said. So, uh, Dr. Walls, this has been fascinating. I'm so glad that you tied in uh, the stress component and how important that is because it's so overlooked when we're talking about uh, recovering someone's health or what it could do to our health. And you also brought out those three specific things that work stress, relationship stress, and money. You know, money is making people sick, you know, as crazy as it sounds. And changing our relationship with these things and and how we perceive them is, is of the utmost importance. So, so thank you for that. Yeah. Um, I, I'd love if you could talk a little bit more about the WALS protocol in, in the fact that it's not just for people struggling with MS, but what are the sure. other autoimmune conditions that you've been able to help? And should people that aren't dealing with an autoimmune condition look into this work as well? So uh, absolutely. Well, first, more and more of our diseases are being reclassified as autoimmune in nature. Heart disease, probably autoimmune in nature. High blood pressure, probably autoimmune in nature. Many of our mental health diseases probably have an autoimmune component. 
So, you know, my advice is if you have a chronic health problem, reading the Walls Protocol, getting the cookbook, will be very helpful tools. Uh, then we have conditions like a concussion. We've had great results helping people with concussions who've had residual mental health issues, irritability, poor school performance, chronic headaches, see all of that resolve following the Wallace Protocol. Uh, as mentioned earlier, we've had people with Parkinson's get much improved function, uh, people with uh, memory problems, early cognitive impairment, even uh, mild to moderate dementia have steady improvement in function. And, and then I've had athletes contact me and tell me that their athletic performance has improved. We've had uh, people with cancer who have uh, gotten my book and uh, have had remarkable uh, success. We have a very close family friend who had widely metastatic cancer with diffuse mets in both lungs, thought unlikely to survive even six months, who is now three years cancer-free. He's written oh, yes. the Register's annual Great Bike Ride Across Iowa, and he used the Walls Protocol as an integral part of his treatment plan. And so he and his family certainly attribute what they learned from the Walls Protocol as to, and so do his physicians, by the way, as to a major part of why he's been so successful. Definitely. I think this is something that every person who's uh, serious about being the healthiest version of themselves, especially those who are in the healthcare field, need to have a copy of the Walls Protocol in your library for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I think that would be a tremendous resource for clinicians to be aware of this because I've had so much demand for people wanting to see me and I did not have a private practice. We've created a, a training program for other clinicians who want to learn how to use the Wallace Protocol in their clinical practice. Uh, and we have a seminar for the public and a clinician certifying uh, program. We have that information on my website. So I'm hoping some of the clinicians who are listening to this will consider coming to the seminar and getting certified because we need more of you out there. Yes, yes, love it. Thank you for extending that invitation. And influencing them. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Influencing influencers. So uh, I've got a final question for you, Dr. Walls. And I'm curious about what the model is that you're setting with the way that you're living your life personally. And tied in with that, I'm wondering, uh, because I've, I've seen this many times with great Uh, great healers, great physicians, would you go back and change the fact that you were stricken with multiple sclerosis? Oh, goodness, no. You know, um, actually, I think having progressive MS, becoming profoundly disabled, having horrific levels of pain, becoming bedridden, thinking, or close to bedridden, uh, was a profound gift because I had to experience all of that in order to be willing to go through relearning basic science, uh, reaching out uh, and re-examining my thoughts about complementary alternative medicine, uh, diet and nutrition, and being willing to blow up everything that I knew and start all over. Uh, So I I had to experience all of this. And so I view this as a tremendous gift because it changed me as a person, it changed me as a parent, and it changed me as a physician and as a scientist. So it had to happen exactly as it did. And, you know, and my two children who were five, let's see, eight and five at the time that I was diagnosed. So by the time I was in a wheelchair, they're 11 and eight. And so this really changes how, you know, because we can't go biking and skiing and do those kinds of things as a whole family unit anymore. And so it's hard for them when I say, you know, I see having MS as this tremendous gift because it gave me so much my kids feel like they lost a lot. And yet, I also know that my kids gained a great deal because they had to have real chores, real responsibilities. And they might have complained, you know, it's not fair. I'm, I'm resenting that I have to uh, do the laundry. My friends know nothing about laundry detergent. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, it's not fair, but it's not fair that I have MS. And so this is your job. My job is to work as long as I can. And we're just going to do the best we can without complaining or you get more chores. Uh, and, so, <laughs> and so my kids learned that, yes, life's not fair, but we do the best we can anyway. And so actually they were more mature than most of their peers. And they'll be very successful as adults because they got the message that life's not fair, but we do the best we can. And they got the message that diet and lifestyle matter a whole lot for everything. Wow. That, wow. 
I, I, I really, I received that myself personally. It's such a powerful uh, insight and perspective on this situation. And, you know, I have a very similar uh, experience, you know, and a great gift coming in the form of this apparently tragic thing. And so thank you so much for sharing that, Dr. Walls. Can you let everybody know where they can find the Walls Protocol and the Walls Protocol cookbook and where they can connect with you online? Okay, so uh, ideally go to your local bookstore and buy it there. If you can't buy it there, then please go to my website, terrywalls.com, T-E-R-R-Y, Walls, W-A-H-L-S.com. We have links for you to pick up the book. So do that. I'd get the original book and get the cookbook as well. If you'd like to have more support, uh, we have memberships, we have menu programs, we'll have an e-course coming in May, uh, and then we have the in-person seminar in August. So we have a a variety of tools for you. Uh, I want everyone to sign up for my newsletter list because we'll be announcing my uh, private practice and what the options are to see me and have me be your physician. But you'll you'll only hear about that through my uh, email list. What a gift. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, Dr. Walls, wow. This is so enlightening and so refreshing to hear. And I'm just very, I don't know if I'm even in a position to say this, but I feel so proud of you. And I feel that (laughs) the work that you're doing, you know, even not, you could have just taken this for yourself and gotten better and just kind of moved on with your life as is, but you made it a, a mandate for you to share this in a big way. And I'm just very grateful for you. You know, I'm grateful to have my life back, um, and I, I felt morally obligated to uh, write this, uh, put the books out there, uh, write the cookbook, and now to do the research and get the uh, research going out. Awesome. Well, thank you so thank much you for, for joining that. us today. Yeah. Truly, truly do appreciate you. Thank you so much. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. Um, hope that you got a lot of value out of this. This is one of those that you must share with friends and family because whether it's yourself who has been dealing with an autoimmune condition or a friends and family member, the odds are that somebody that you know that's close to you is going to be experiencing one of these uh, plethora of autoimmune conditions that we're talking about today. And now we're finding more and more research showing that things like even heart disease is related to autoimmunity. So whether it's a thyroid condition, whether it's arthritis, whatever the case may be, the WALS protocol is essential stuff in helping to re- to reverse the issue. Uh, she's got it laid out like... Uh, Very few people in the world can, plus adding in those small components of specific nutrients. Like she talked about cholesterol in creating your myelin, guys. Like how powerful of an insight is that? That's valuable in and of itself. So what are the ideal sources of that? How can it go wrong? You know, what is the best way to go about doing that? That, Those are the things you'll find in those books. So also I want to let you guys know that I'm going to be visiting some more cities uh, in the upcoming months here. And I've had an amazing time connecting with everybody. You know, D.C. was our most recent event. And wow, what a powerhouse experience. (laughs) But uh, coming up next is going to be Austin. So Austin, make sure to be ready. You can head over to themodelhealthshow.com forward slash Austin. And you'll be able to find out the information about the event that we're going to be doing there. Keep it on the low, low. (laughs) Keep it on the low, low. It's going to be really awesome. It's going to be at an amazing location that's a superstar place in Austin. So uh, make sure to come out and join me there. And we've got some more great guests coming up. I mean, I can't even wait to share these episodes with you. It's going to be incredible. And also some really important show topics that are going to be big game changers. But uh, one of the most important ones was today and just understanding how the world is is changing. You know, just in the last five years, again, we're seeing a 10% increase globally in MS. And MS can be absolutely devastating. You know, this put her into a wheelchair and was going to take away her life, you know, take literally end her life uh, prematurely. But fortunately, she turned this obstacle into, uh, into a great gift. And this storm in her life became a great story. So she turned that into something positive, which we all can do, because that, whether it's a health condition or some other kind of drama that's going on in your life, this storm you're going through, you can turn that into a powerful story that's going to be able to serve other people and to help others in some form or fashion, whether it's your extended family, you know, whether it's just kind of helping yourself and being able to overcome an obstacle and go to another level in your life, or maybe it's helping your community or something on a broader scale, whatever the case might be, you're here to share that. And a part of that is you figuring out a way to get through these barriers you know, because these things, it's kind of like life's obstacle course, you know, a little training ground for us to develop and express these 
amazing character traits that we have that are often dormant because we have not been faced with the things that need to be expressed, the things that we need to really draw those out. So keep that in mind, you know, and also I love that very simple saying that this too shall pass. Right. And hope can return to your life. Yes. And use Dr. Wall's story as inspiration because this is something that's real. This is now a, a renowned, world-renowned physician who's out doing this work, sharing this work, and changing what you're hearing in the media, right? It's changing what you're, what you're seeing out there in the interwebs <laughs> as far as what's possible when people are, t- are being told that there's nothing you can do about this. There is something that you can do, and this is a great example today. So thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I appreciate you immensely. Make sure to stay tuned. Lots of great stuff coming. I appreciate you so much. Take care. Have an amazing day. And I'll talk with you soon. And make sure for more after the show, you head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find the show notes. And if you've got any questions or comments, make sure to let me know. And please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and let everybody know that our show is awesome and you're loving it. And I read all the comments, so please leave me a comment there. And take care, everybody. promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.